and welcome to uh, Burden of Proof on Radio Reverb 97.2. Uh, once again, uh, we are lacking Colin, but what we are lacking in Colin, I've made up for in uh, new guests, uh, Jimmy and Jules. Hello. Hi, Reese. Hello. How are you doing? Uh, yeah, it's very Good, well, thanks. thank you. Yeah, Good. Very well. Good. Well, this is uh, the first time that Jimmy certainly has been on the radio. And uh, Jules, is this the first time for you as well? Um, it's my first time, but Jimmy has been on the radio before. You've been on the radio well, I've before. I've been on the radio before. I used to be in my dark, dark uh, youth. Uh, I was in a band, and uh, yeah, did a couple of radio interviews, but nothing too. Um, I was gonna, I was gonna ask you about that actually, because uh, you're a small celebrity in Brighton, <laughs> a, no- a notable resident. Uh, we'll get onto that a little bit more, but we'll start with uh, a song, uh, TV on the radio, and it's a second song. Confidence and ignorance approve me Define my day today I've tried so hard to shut it down Lock it up and gently walk away Appetites and impulses confuse me Decide my day today Now my body says it's over Shaking hands move to tear my face away And when the night comes I'm fiending like a pyro And I know Stable's my survival When there's music all around me And I haven't got a single word to say And then the light shines Gleaming like a bottle And love knows I tackle it full throttle May I illuminate The nameless, faceless saints Of these odd and open graves Thank you. 
Uh, there was the cribs with shoot the poets preceded by tv on the radio with second song and uh, and yeah it's we've got, we've got some newspapers with us today the format of the show will be vaguely similar to the one we, we used to with uh, with colin and sam and all the other people uh but uh, if you want to email in then feel free to do so studio at radioreverb.com with burden of proof in the subject title and we will endeavor to read it out uh, if it's of any interest to us whatsoever uh so jimmy i wanted to know a little bit about montrose avenue 
Uh, what do you want to know? Uh, I would like to know. Well, I mean, as a failed as a failed sort of musician wannabe myself, um, you know, what's it like? The game? What's it like? Uh, it, well, at the time I was in a band. Well, to fill in our uh, listeners, at the time I was in a band. I was very young. I was about eighteen years old. So I'm thirty three now. Okay. So some some time ago now. Mostly, I can't remember it. Okay. I was quite drunk throughout the whole experience, <laughs> um, and I kind of was so young I didn't know what I was doing we, we were signed to a major label in um, this country which one? And, uh, Columbia which okay. was part of Sony um, at the time and I think still is uh, and it was yeah I mean it was exciting we got to travel travel around doing tours we played in Japan and, and America you and played in Japan? we played the Fuji Rock Festival in Japan no yes, way which was amazing it was absolutely the, the biggest gig I've possibly ever done yeah oh no definitely the biggest gig I've ever done and probably will ever do it was about 35,000 people we were first on. 35,000? What yeah. was that like? It was nerve-wracking. Um, but um, but you were drunk, so you but didn't I was mind. drunk, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but hence all the drinking. So, and the weird thing about festivals in Japan, it was a one-day festival, and it was sort of in the bay, uh, looking out to sea. Yeah. And um, they, they kind of start... They, we were first on at 10.30 in the morning, but everyone arrives, you know, for, as soon as... A, uh, the, the gates open at about yeah. 10 o'clock they arrive and they just fill up this place straight up 30 odd thousand people they don't sort of mill around they don't mill around you know what it's like in, in English festivals you know people putting their tents up and yeah. so on when, when the first band's on um, but no we were playing to a full house and it was amazing uh, and so yeah so that that's my bit, sort of favourite memory I suppose okay um, uh, did you bring any Montrose Avenue stuff in with you no I did not you did not he did you <laughs> he wouldn't let you oh. no I should have done, shouldn't Do you I? Yeah, I, didn't, I, I didn't know we were going to talk about it, or I would have done. Um, well, no, I was just just curious, really, because I've heard you talk about it a little bit, but I didn't, didn't get that many details in it. But, um, but so, so what happened in the end, then? Um, well, we released an album, and it what was it called? It was called Thirty Days Out, mm-hmm. which was uh, you know one of the songs on the album. Um, was that the, the sort of title track? Was that your hit? It wasn't actually. Um, it was just one of our favourite songs, and we thought it was a good title. Yeah, it never came out as a single. Um, we did have one hit, which uh, <laughs> one <laughs> if you can call it that, hit. one, one top, top forty, that's number, amazing. number thirty-eight. We got to. It's in the, in the top forty. With, 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 exactly. With was where it, do I stand? That was called. Cool. Would that have been? Um, would that have been when they used to play? When you, they used to on the chart show, they used to play every single song. Because now, now if you listen to the radio one yeah. chart show, they kind of play one song and then sort of like go on for ages about something completely irrelevant and then and then play another song a, a couple of spots down whereas they used to just go right four o'clock number 40 and then all pretty the much, way through yeah pretty much they used to and um they'd skip the odd one that had been on the charts for like 20 weeks or something but yeah, yeah. They, they definitely played we, when we um and also we didn't know i think people assume that you know where you're going to be in the charts but we certainly didn't yeah uh, we you get an idea from the midweek numbers and that but um so we you know we were recording in, in a studio at the time we had a little party all sort of sat around with champagne <laughs> listening to the charts luckily we didn't have to listen to it for very long <laughs> we were the third song oh we're in yeah, we done. <laughs> it, was, it was uh it was still very exciting yeah that's amazing that's so good uh, uh yeah brilliant claim to fame and and who else was in Montrose Avenue um well there was a fellow broadcaster, Matt Everett was the drummer. He's now yeah. on Six Music. He is, yeah, um, yeah. A guy called Scott James, who went on to, for a short time, play with the Stereophonics. Mm-hmm. And my friend Paul, who's uh, now lives in Brighton, actually, and oh, right. is still a good friend of mine. Ah, that's amazing. That's so good. Um, 
so I mean, in terms of sort of CD numbers, CD sales, how many how many are we, are we talking about? Millions? Mm. <laughs> <laughs> I bought one. Yeah, yeah, I bought a few. Um, <laughs> I think we're talking a couple of thousand albums, something yeah. like that. Um, okay. I have no idea how many singles you need to get into the top 40, but it's not... It's probably quite a few. It's, it's quite a few, yeah. I mean, I mean there must not... be thousands of bands releasing albums. Oh, yeah. There's, yeah. A, there's a lot of, lot of uh, especially singles. Singles, you know, every week there's a couple of hundred singles out. So mm. it's a stiff competition. Um, but I've got no idea how many we sold. Um, but, yeah, I think there's a few thousand albums, no, no more than that. But Amazing. unfortunately, that's not enough, apparently, to get um, a second... Uh, album out on a, on a major label so mm. in the end um that, that you know the sales figures weren't good enough and we got dropped and we, we thought about carrying on trying to get another deal but i think after you know three odd years of slugging out on yeah the, on the on the um, you toilet give, tour basically give your livers a break for a little while <laughs> as well, I suppose. yeah exactly, exactly yeah well fascinating stuff if you've got a question for uh jimmy uh in uh, to do with anything really but you know to do with the montrose avenue as well then feel free as i say to email us uh, we're going to carry on with uh, with a little bit of a tune, and it's uh, another one that Jimmy's brought in, Secret Machines. I don't really know a great deal by these. Are they good? Um, I love this song. You they are good. Um, have a listen. That's all, you, that's, well, that's all you need to know. It's got the endorsement of Jules. Uh, so Secret Machines, and uh, the track is Lightning.
word on Montrose Avenue is that we've had an email from a fan called Katie uh, who wanted to say hello to Jimmy because uh, she was Montrose Avenue's biggest fan. Hello Katie. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> a shout out on the radio Katie. What a good day. huh? Um, <laughs> anyway I wanted to move on because uh, in the news this week uh, we've learned about uh, the, the the possible end of causality as we know it and, and possibly life as we know it. Is there, what, do, what do you know about this Jim? Um, Jimmy used to be a, a science technician at school, so he knows all sorts of stuff about, about it. Uh, <laughs> I'm an expert, obviously, <laughs> having been a physics te- technician in a secondary school. Um, <laughs> well, well, I don't know. Neutrinos can apparently travel faster than light, but I've heard a rumour that they're not really travelling faster than light. They, they, they're taking a shortcut through another dimension. So, um, Well, I mean, be... that's probably slightly more interesting than them travelling faster than light, because cause the way I see it is that is, we just... Back in back in whenever Einstein was around, about Second World War time, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, you know the the technology that we had at the time was only able to measure light, but maybe technology has moved on to such a point now where we can measure things that are faster than light. So all our rules are based on this previous speed, regardless of what the speed was. Uh, it was just that was the fastest thing that we could measure. But now we've now got you know CERN, and we can measure things faster. So so we're just going to have to move it along a little bit. But traveling through another dimension. Yeah. Well, that's more exciting. 
Well, they, where is yeah, this dimension? I, I don't know. Apparently, there are multiple dimensions that you can travel through. You just can't see them. We're, we're kind of stuck in in a sort of um, three di- three dimensions, four if you include time, which I don't think is really a dimension. I'm not sure, but um, apparently <laughs> there are lo- loads of other dimensions, all all folded folded up that you can't really see or travel through. So we yeah. kind of we're kind of like ants walking on a piece of paper, and it would seem incredible. For, you know, an ant can walk around the edge of a bit of paper and come around the other side. Yeah, and it feels kind of two dimensional to him, but. If be pretty amazing if an ant could drill a little hole and you know travel to the other side of the piece of paper you know instantly yeah. um, that would freak the other ants out quite quite heavily i would think yeah. and this, is, this, this might be what's going on here is a neutrino is just kind of taking a little shortcut through a dimension that we can't normally see right but who knows or they could have just made a mistake yeah, yeah. Uh, with a speed gun um, I mean, what I want to know, because when I was reading about it, I mean, it's, it's absolutely mind boggling. And I've had numerous sort of like half drunken conversations, you know, completely Ill in, ill-informed because uh, the people that I'm talking to don't know what they're talking about. And I don't really know what I'm talking about either. Um, but uh, but it's, it's always fun to have these conversations anyway. But um, what, I mean, what were they looking for in the first place? I have no idea. I think they, they were just seeing how fast they could make things go. Yeah. Um, but if they, I mean, because it doesn't, it hasn't it? It was in a mountain underneath uh, Italy or something, wasn't it? Mm. Uh, but they were actually shot from CERN. Is that right? I'm not sure, but I know they travelled some distance. They travelled, yeah, many... K- kilometres. Yeah, yeah, many kilometres. And uh, and you just got to think, well, they, they must have sort of doubted the speed of light in the first place to have arranged for this... Because it can't be that easy to just sort of like <laughs> <laughs> arrange this huge, complicated system of, of, of tunnels that these neutrinos can pass down without actually going, well, what are we doing this for? No, exactly. And I don't, yeah, that's a, that, that's a good point. I don't actually know what they were doing it for, but I'm guessing they were testing if if they could break the uh, the light barrier, so mm. to speak. But then that that means that there must have been a doubt about it in the first place. But that science 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 is all about rigorous testing, isn't it? You, you yeah. have a theory and you test it and and you retest it. And as you say, as tech, technology moves on and you 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 are you are able to build more sophisticated means to test these theories, then yeah. that's kind of. Um, your sort of duty as a scientist to do that, isn't it? That, that is that is true, but at the same time, the speed of light thing was was just a complete given. That was just taken as red, and so why would you test it? It's like flat Earth theory. Why why would we keep with our new and improving technology? Keep seeing if if some of the fundamental, some of the other fundamentals about sort of gravity and and you know the resistance of materials. Why wouldn't we keep testing those things with the new technology that we have? I think they probably are, aren't they? Are because you don't hear about it because mm. they, they don't discover anything interesting. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's very, very boring. Uh, no, it's probably true, actually. Um, another story that has caught my eye today uh, regards uh, death by uh, spontaneous human combustion. And uh, and this, this takes me all the way back to reading my X-Files book of the unexplained. Uh, but a coroner in Ireland has ruled that a pensioner found dead at home perished as a result of spontaneous human combustion. Yeah, it is believed to be the first such case in Irish history. Not in, not in any history, just Irish history. <laughs> uh, but a child remains were discovered in his living room three days before Christmas last year, lying on his back with his head near an open fire, <laughs> <laughs> and with a cigarette in his mouth. No <laughs> a whiskey all sloshed down his throat. We must not laugh at this man. But uh, anyway, forensic experts later concluded that the fire was not the cause of the blaze. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> The, 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 but you were saying off air that uh, generally spontaneous human combustion cases seem to somehow involve 
sitting next to a fire and falling asleep. Yeah, I think in, in general, yeah, people tend to be sitting next to a fire. And no, no, you never see it down the street. You never see, you know, if it truly was spontaneous, you'd see it all the time. Yeah. It just happened anywhere. And yeah. It clearly doesn't because you'd notice. But there is that, there is sort of spontaneous just death syndrome, isn't there? Wasn't there a, a player, a football player? Yeah. A Defoe, something. Uh, anyway. It wasn't him. No. no, 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 it wasn't Jermaine Defoe. It was, it right, was someone yeah. else, I think, who's had a similar or perhaps the same surname. Um, but he, he, on the pitch, just halfway through a match, just wow. just died. Uh, so that, I mean, that can happen. But that seems more plausible than, than just bursting into flames. That probably yeah. just means there's a reason that um, somebody died that we don't, and we just don't know what it is. So mm. we just put it down to, oh, Sudden well, death he, he just died. He just, <laughs> I don't know. He just died. <laughs> <laughs> the sort of coroner just shrugging. Lazy no. coroner, yeah. Know. Put him down, put another one down, sudden death syndrome. <laughs> <laughs> he had his head in a fireplace. Um, anyway, uh, <laughs> there we go. A spontaneous human combustion, official. It, it, in Ireland. <laughs> it happens in Ireland. <laughs> uh, we're going to play uh, Broken Bells, which is uh, another track that uh, Jules has recommended. Uh, any particular reason why you recommended this track, Jules? Um, I love James Mercer's voice Okay. from The Shins. And um, yeah, it's just a good tune. Broken Bells is... is, is is this featuring James Mercer? James Mercer's the singer, and it's with Danger Mouse. Oh, right, okay. Yes. Danger Mouse as well. Excellent.
the cobblestones Girl in front of bathroom mirror She slow and careful paints her face green Mask-like, like Matisse's portrait with green stripe Long shot through apartment window A monologue on top but no girl in shot The light within me shines like a diamond mine Like an unarmed walrus, like a dead man face down on the highway Like a snake eating its own tail, a steam turbine, frog pond Two full closet burst open in disarray, soap bubbles in the sun Hospital deathbed, red convertible, shopping list, blowjob, death's head Devils dancing, bleached white buildings, memory movements The movie, unreeling, about to begin Uh, the Cribs featuring Lee Ronaldo and uh, Be Safe and uh, the, I had to cut the very beginning of it off because he says a dirty word <laughs> <laughs> tut tut indeed uh, we have uh, a, a bit of a round off of the papers of what we got stories of interest Jules, Jimmy, what you got? Um, well, this is a, an unusual story from The Guardian. Okay. Um, More unusual than spontaneous human combustion? Um, On poss- a par? Funnier. Possibly not. But Funnier. Well, yeah, it's like. sort of funny. No, nobody dies in it, so I suppose that, that's good. <laughs> Go on. Um, so apparently in Brazil, um, there was a um, woman named Maria Nils Simoes. <laughs> yep. Um, Call her Maria from now on. Maria, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, who um, w- wanted to hire a hitman, basically, to take out her husband's lover, mm-hmm. as you do, mm-hmm. and um, did yeah. so. Only it went slightly awry when the hitman discovered that the person that they were meant to be killing was a childhood friend of theirs. Oh, right. So um, they, they basically staged a, um, a killing um, using... So this is the hitman and and the, 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 the potential husband. victim. Yes, the, the victim lover. staged, right. staged the, uh, the murder using a bottle of ketchup and a knife. <laughs> and um, it was Heinz ketchup. Oh, is that important? Yeah. <laughs> okay. And, that must um, have been quite expensive. They probably have to import that from quite a long way away. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if they make it in Brazil. <laughs> There's a pretty good photo in the in the paper of um, the the um, supposed murder. Okay. Uh, so how did they? Th- so they, they they took a photo of. I assume they took a photo of the uh, the the, the, the um, pretend victim to uh, the ketchup, prove the ketchup corpse. Yeah, <laughs> yes. Um, but the photo is ridiculous. It just looks like somebody covered in ketchup with a knife stuck <laughs> under their arm. Well, that's because you know. That's because you read the story. If you perhaps, I think your eyes maybe were brought to the story by the very real-looking photo of uh, of a woman <laughs> stabbed just in the armpit, yes. <laughs> covered Accurately. covered in really bright red blood. Well, the story took a, a funny turn when um, the uh, uh, the person that took out the contract, Maria, um, spotted her victim, supposedly dead, um, very much alive in the street with yeah. the uh, with the hitman himself. Um, apparently, they struck up a bit of a relationship. If you're going to do this type of thing, would you would you <laughs> would you do it involving people that live in the same sort <laughs> same of vicinity village. as you? Yeah. yeah. No, <laughs> I don't think you would. Yeah. But you know. Um, you live and learn, don't you? This woman's clearly mental because um, upon seeing the, uh, the contract killer and uh, the victim canoodling, d- um, stormed into the nearest police station demanding to uh, get her money back. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, yeah, well, difficult to know what, what the police would have made of that, actually. No, exactly. I think the case is ongoing, but yeah. I'm, I'm sure they're just uh, wondering where to start with that one. Yeah, yeah, gosh. Well, I mean, yeah, I mean, why, why would you... Well, there's, there's, there's lots of whys in this thing, isn't there? There's lots of why we... Oh, come on. <laughs> sort of uh, going on this story. Uh, good. Good. Well, thank you very much. And that was uh, Maria from Brazil. <laughs> Excellent work, Maria. Uh, I, um, I was uh, at home last night and I thought I'd put on... Um, are, you, are you fans of the in-betweeners at all, either of you? No, not we're not. massive fans. We no. kind of missed it. 
Missed that boat. Missed that fad. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, I, I kind of, uh, I watched it with a sort of vague level of enjoyment. I, thought, I found that it could have been so much better, do you know, because I, I felt like I sort of fell into that kind of category myself. And um, and I just think that it could have been done actually with a little bit less, sort of, it was just really clumsy. All the jokes are really sort of obvious and clumsy. And that is it very crude? It is, yeah, it's very crude, yeah. And um, But I just thought with, with a... a a, a bit more subtlety it could have been a really really actually a good a good thing but um i was watching i, I got on uh, 4od last night and i was watching chickens which is the um which is uh, written by the same guys that did in in between us well i think the in between us was written by someone else but anyway two of the main characters in the in between us uh, wrote this sort of one-off uh, pilot called chickens where they were um sort of uh, Three men who, for all for their own reasons, uh, were avoiding the draft into World War Two, but they were living in a village that was pretty much populated entirely by women because everyone else was off fighting. And uh, but it just felt like an episode of The Inbetweeners, basically, <laughs> just with like a period, a period, period costume, yeah, because all the jokes were very similar, all the kind of delivery was very similar. The two characters that they were playing were just exactly the same kind of characters as they had in The Inbetweeners, really. Uh, and I just thought. It doesn't work really sometimes like that because uh, Mitchell and Webb, are classic examples of that. Peep yeah. show, amazing, yeah. absolutely brilliant. But um, Mitchell and Webb look really, really. Yeah, it doesn't work for me. I didn't actually well. see it, but that got pulled. I think didn't it, after a few episodes. Mitchell and Webb. Yeah. No, they, they managed to wheel out a couple of series. Oh, okay. Yeah. It was. It just. I don't know. Once you've seen it Peep Show, it just really yeah. let, let me down. I think that's the thing. You went into it thinking this is going to be like Peep Show, and it wasn't. Um, and if you've ever. I had the unfortunate experience of watching Magicians, which was their, um, which oh, was the their movie. poor, poor attempt at a movie. That was oh. just oh, <laughs> the poster on the underground was enough for me. Really, it looked, yeah. it looked so bad. It, I thought, no, no way. It was one of the worst things. It was worse than Run, Fat Boy, Run. Oh, I don't wow. know if you've ever seen that. I've seen enough. <laughs> I've seen enough to know that I don't want to waste of it. any more of my life on that. Uh, but yeah, so um, so you know, it just, it just, I, I was looking at it because the Peep Show writers have written. A new sitcom called Fresh Meat. Ah, uh, uh, yes. Has that been on? You, has that been on yet? Started yeah. last week, I think. Yeah. Did I guess neither of you watched it? Then. No. <laughs> <laughs> should, have, should have prepared better for this. Shouldn't so we? we don't watch enough telly. <laughs> no, no. But you went to the cinema last night, Jules. I did. I went Give to see um, Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy. Okay. Um, it's annoyingly I went on my own, really? which I quite you know I've quite enjoy. You can do the cinema on your own. It's quite it's mm. quite nice. And I found a nice row all to myself. Mm. Sat in the middle, took my shoes off, got ready to put my feet up. Yeah. And even though there were probably 15 rows in front of me empty, yeah. four people came and sat right next to me. Really? What? Why do people do that? It was so annoying. Anyway, so I had to um, get up and move to make a point. Yeah. The fact that I'm on my own and I want to be on my own. Yeah. yeah. Um, anyway, the mo- movie is about... Um, do you think they were doing it out of some kind of sort of... Trying to weird me out. Compassion or, or something. Yeah, maybe. Oh, <laughs> Compassion. She looks, really, she looks really sad on her own. Sad and lonely. Yeah, like on she's a been Friday stood night. up or something. <laughs> oh, come on, love. It's not that bad. I was trying to avoid a poker game at home, so... Yeah, I see. Was, right. yeah, I was escaping. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, film is about um, MI6, the Cold War, mm-hmm. um, lots of spies, um, and one of the spies is a mole, um, double agent. Mm. Uh, feeding information back to the Russians. Yeah, those evil Russians. Mm. And um, the Russians haven't been the villains for ages, have they? Somebody's drafted in to try and find out who the mole is. Mm. It gets very complicated. Lots of subtitles, crazy music, 
but it's very stylish, nice yeah. to look at. Who's um, in it? Uh, John Hurt. Okay. Uh, Colin Firth. Okay. Um, Mark. Wahlberg. Strong. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Any film can be improved with a Wahlberg. <laughs> um, who else? Anyway, look, lots of people you'll recognise. Okay. Oh, Gary Oldman. Gary Oldman. Yes. Gary yes. Oldman. He's very good in it. Um, and out of roughly out of ten, six and a half. Was it? Was it? Did it lose points because it was maybe a little bit unfathomable towards the end? Um, yeah, it's just a bit slow to get going. There's not not quite enough action for me. Yeah, you like guns and punching people in the face yeah it just needed a bit more oomph yeah, yeah. yeah. I think it's quite strange because you, it was made I think it was a novel first and then it was made into a TV series um, in the 70s oh, right. and it was a whole series I mean it was, I don't know how long it was but it was multiple long and episodes and it was called Tinker Tailor Soldiers yeah part. it was and somehow they've managed to condense this into a film yeah. Yeah, I think maybe that's part of the problem I haven't seen it obviously Yeah, but perhaps that's part of the problem that, um, that that's often the problem with um, sort of book conversions as well isn't it it's just like yeah. so much detail is, is lost and so much happens during the course of a, of a book and they just sort of whiz past these really important bits yeah. but I mean maybe maybe um, part of the problem with, with with films like that with those kind of plots is that actually a lot of the stuff that went on in terms of uh, spying and stuff probably wasn't that interesting it wasn't kind of James Bond flying no it's lots of sitting around listening to phone calls yeah. and writing, yeah. them, writing down. them down I mean, I imagine and that got quite boring and they seem to write a role especially for Kathy Burke oh right okay um, it seemed they, they crowbarred her in yeah. to be one of these women sitting listening to phone calls and yeah. writing them down just so that she could do a scene with her brother Gary Oldman oh right it seemed are they brother and seemed, sister yeah, yeah and it seemed like a really unnecessary so scene Mo, little a big Mo from EastEnders is <laughs> somehow related to Kathy Burke from yeah she's not from EastEnders no 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 big Mo's from EastEnders though do you know <laughs> yeah. big Mo in EastEnders yeah. she's um, she's Related to Gary Oldman, really? Yeah. Oh, okay, yeah. wow. Oh. So there's a, there's a Kathy Burke. I, I for, Kathy Burke, for a second when you yeah. said Kathy Burke, I, th- I thought of Kathleen Turner um, for some reason. But um, okay, so Kathy Burke, there's there's some kind of yeah. family connection going. On yeah, I think yeah. so. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I did not know that. Oh. Have you ever seen Charlie Wilson's War? No. No. That's that's actually really quite quite a good film. Um, okay. But it was it was a book that I got about ten pages into um, and then put it down with every intention of picking it up again but I never did uh, yeah. um, but it's well worth a watch anyway Charlie Wilson's War with Tom Hanks and Philip Seymour Hoffman who's very good uh, and we're going to play a song and it's going to be Dandy Warhols with um, what is that Boys Better Boys Better yes. yeah here we go
was uh, Boys Better by the Dandy Warhols. And uh, before we play our last song to um, to sort of finish the whole thing off, I just wanted to say thank you very much to Jules and Jimmy. Have you enjoyed your uh, your second well, second round? <laughs> not, not as good as when you did it the first time, I suppose. But, it's, uh, been a, it's been a pleasure, Reese. Good. It's been very fun, much Reece. Thank us. you for having us. Well, you're very welcome anytime you want. You know where we are and when we do it, so uh, just pop round anytime you fancy it. Cheers. Uh, but yeah, no, thank you very much. And thank you very much for all those of you who have listened. Uh, if you wanted to... Send us an email, then we can still receive it, but probably next week, uh, because we won't be into the rest of it. Um, if you're listening on a Saturday, then we're going to be followed by Ears Wide Open. And uh, if you're listening on a Tuesday, then I'm afraid I have no idea what's before or after our show. But uh, but thank you, and very well done for listening to Radio Reverb. Anyway, so uh, before we finish, let's just... Uh, well, no, let's just finish, actually, with uh, You're Pretty Good Looking for a Girl by The White Stripes. <laughs> to Radio Reverb 97.2.